Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay Off My Lawn is not intended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited, no purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed. Not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. All right, welcome to episode 11. Wow, can you believe it's episode 11? Uh, I My voice can't believe it's uh, episode yeah. 11. I've been a little busy, and so uh, for those of you who, uh, yes, I sound like so Winston <laughs> Churchill or something today. So I'll do the best I can, people. We do have a Winston Churchill quote we could probably get. <laughs> I think I, t- I think I I, uh, I posted one this morning. So yeah, it's only about <laughs> socialism. It's not really a big thing. So nah, uh, it really doesn't. He didn't understand what socialism. It, it's only was. it's about seventy what seventy eighty years old something yeah, like that. Something uh, like I that. I lose track. Yeah, he, what did he know? Uh, so anyway, welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My it's not Lawn. Fair to say when I'm taking a sip of coffee. <laughs> Jeez. Well, the, the shirt looks very clean. I just want to see if I can get it get a nice stain on the front. Uh, oh, you're. <laughs> Welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. want to remind you, you can stay connected with the show a couple of different ways. Our website is stayoffmylawn.us. Uh, the email is soml at duck.com. And, uh, and if you go to iTunes and leave us a, a, a five-star review and mention that we don't look our age, we, you will get a, a <laughs> of course, you could say that we look older than we actually are. You could, uh, you could do that and we will give you a shout out. I don't care whether you uh, leave all kinds of other hate and give us a one-star review. We will still talk about you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's just like high school. We'll still talk about you. We're an equal opportunity <laughs> offender. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Speaking of offensive, yes. Trump got indicted with uh, at least 34 counts. You said it's up to 40 now? Yeah, I heard I'm 40 something this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, the wife was playing something uh, and I went, how many? Wow. And they were all felonies. It's like, there's nothing felonious <laughs> about any of that. Lots of ironious, but no felonious. <laughs> Erroneous, felonious. It's all how you spell it. Whatever. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. Um, <laughs> uh, we're waiting for that perp walk, but apparently uh, <laughs> Alvin Bragg has said that there there will not be a perp walk and there will, be, will not be handcuffs and there will not be any of that stuff. I think they finally kind of thought twice about that and said, that, that may work against us. Um, but I, I do think it's already, it's too late. It's already it's working late. against them. Right. The only ones that are going, yay, raw are the propaganda machine. I know. And everybody else knows this is just a joke from hell. Well, you have to give, uh, you have to give Alvin Bragg some credit. He ran on uh, the fact that he was going to bring charges against Trump. And he said, I was going to indict him. That was part of his, his campaign speeches that he was going to indict Trump. And, and by golly, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. how unusual for a politician to keep their promise, even he, when it's a sleazy one. Yeah. Well, he has made himself a, uh, a, a a household name in this country. So, which is probably well, part of his uh, idea too that he wanted to. He used to be a household name when he was in the group with Simon and Theodore, <laughs> and he was asked where <laughs> Simon and Theodore went, and he said, "I was hungry," and so they're no longer around. And I guess that's uh, they're not going to be doing a, a an oldies tour. Yeah, Dave cannot be reached for comment. So no. <laughs> 
Okay. Real difficult. With this whole thing, you know, I bet he's going to smile for his mugshot. Speaking of Trump, I I think that that, they said they're not going to do a mugshot. Oh, I didn't because that that becomes public record, and people will take it and um, do nefarious things with it, like make T-shirts and you know. Stuff and make fun of Alvin Bragg, and Albert don't want to be made fun but, of. But if it's fun, can it really be nefarious? If it's fun, <laughs> if it makes you smile, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh gosh, that's terrible. But the arraignment is supposed to be today. Today is uh, April fourth, so um, we, we'll have to wait and see. There's been a lot of uh, build up and then let down over this whole thing, and who knows how it's all going to work out. Um, but you know, the the funny thing is, Nancy Pelosi tweeted this after. Afterwards, uh, after, uh, did you did you see this? She said the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No one is above the law, and everyone has a right to trial to prove innocence. Hopefully, the former president will peacefully respect the system, which grants him that right. Proving see, innocence. I, I only had high school history, but <laughs> me too. Correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. I thought it's proven. Guilty? Yeah. Uh, I I don't think that's right. The presumption of innocence, I think, is kind of weaved into the system. Uh, It's the way it's supposed to be. But then again, you know, she also uh, espoused, if you will, ooh, big words today, um, that she was second in command if something happened to Trump if he were to die. Yeah. I guess um, it leapfrogs no. the vice president, but you know what? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just semantics. We make up our own rules as we go. It's like you've been elected to Congress and you don't even know how our constitution <laughs> works. Well, maybe it's Give the level of vodka in her, in her veins. It's, it's kind of hard to know. <laughs> just a little. I think well, I mean, it would it, run clear if you tried to take blood. That could be. That could be. Yeah, but, but just uh, she she never surprises me at, uh, anymore. No. She used to. She obviously is forgetting like the fifth, the sixth, the fourteenth amendment, which all allude. And I don't. I don't think the Constitution says anywhere that the uh, you are presumed innocent until proven guilty. But in those <laughs> in those three amendments, it does kind of allude to that whole situation and, and the whole legal system. You talk to any lawyer, and they're they're going to tell you, yes, that's how it works. You watch any cop show, yes. That's how it works. And those are all run by lefty people that are uh, <laughs> that have agendas. And they still say, yeah, well, you know, they're innocent until proven guilty. I guess it depends on who the defendant is. That's what I'm guessing. <laughs> oh, because don't we have fair and equal? Uh, how come Pelosi's never been brought before thing? How, how come Hunter is just out there hanging out? <laughs> And, you know, I mean, By I my know. Heart, dude, I just drew this yesterday. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, you know, Ooh, better buy that up quick. <laughs> I know it's going to be worth 20 bucks next week. $500,000 is a bargain. Um, you know, they, I know they uh-huh. thought Trump was uncouth and unbecoming as a president, which, you know, I, I get that. There were some times I'm like, I, it would make my nose kind of crinkle, some of the things he would say. But, um, and it's important how the world views us. Um, <laughs> that's a very valid point. After the Nashville shooting last week, uh, this is how Sky News in Australia saw Biden's statement uh, as the news channel cut to him. Let's uh, go to cut one. This horrific story out of Nashville where a 28-year-old woman has shot dead 
three students and three adults at a Christian school. Now, news networks crossed to President Joe Biden, who was set to address the media on the tragedy, but instead they got this. The White House. My name is Joe Biden. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. <sighs> Folks, uh, <laughs> wow. it's a delight to have you all here. And who are those good-looking kids back there? <laughs> They're your kids, all four of them? Yeah. Well, stand up, guys. <laughs> I don't want him looking at my kids. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, considering uh, the moment. Um, we were, we were a told that the shooting that just happened uh, left three children dead, uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told he would be addressing this after off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. Kosher, he did eventually address the issue, but really, I mean, surely he would know the gravity of the situation and jokes about ice cream and good-looking kids in the audience. Uh, Talk about being being out of it. It's almost as if he missed, like he literally missed the memo, and he wasn't hadn't been told that this has just happened. Um, and that's why you saw the, the. He needs the order cue. He needs the order cue. He needs the cards. He needs so much direction. Yeah, he he didn't get it. <laughs> he just uh, no, really? Are you sure? That's that's just. Uh, not only is it in poor taste, it's disgusting. There's three little nine-year-olds that did nothing wrong but go to school that yeah. day. Yeah. That's it. And three administrators who were trying to protect the kids are no longer there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and that's a parent's worst nightmare. I cannot imagine what they're going through today. Uh, you just send your kids to school in, uh, in, in Nashville, Tennessee, to a private school. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. It's, it's just extremely disgusting. And, and, uh, the one, uh, and I, I apologize, I don't remember the little girl's name, but um, she is uh, touted as a hero. She was pulling the fire alarm to get somebody to come and was, as they were trying to get them in a classroom when they, this uh, jackass come around a corner. And that was the last thing she did was trying to protect the others, mm -hmm. trying to do something to get somebody to come and help. So uh, if the cops, uh, they got there exceedingly fast, but by the same token, it didn't stop people from dying. No, no. But compared to Uvalde, these guys did a, a stellar job. Oh, uh, man, they were there and on it. Unlike yeah. those jerks down in Texas that, I'm not going in there. There's a guy with a gun. Uh-uh. Wait a minute. Aren't you the police? Yeah. What the hell? They, they said, well, so they just hung out outside because they didn't want to get shot at. Yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah, it, that, and that's disgusting. And those guys, I guess, are paying for the whole thing. You know, I, I don't know how that, all that shook out. But this, this was, you know, 
And of course, everybody's blaming the guns and everybody's, but, uh, and which, which is, you know, you could, you could almost cue that up and, and you knew that's how it was going to end up being. But, uh, you know, I've got a couple of guns and I've never seen them shoot anybody. Uh, they've yeah. never even been pointed at anybody. So, I mean, you know, you can blame the guns all you want, but it, it, the common sense tells you that, uh, those, those inanimate objects do not do things on their own. So didn't walk there by themselves. I don't care what kind of gun it looks like right. because you want to believe the news media that's telling you that, oh, an AR-15 is the worst thing. I, I know. It's a I, rifle. I got a pump 30-odd six that as fast as I can slide that uh, forearm uh, on the gun back, I got another ought six shell, which yeah. that shell, that gun was made in what? World War, made for World War One. I mean, it shoots a big ass bullet comes sure, out of there. Sure. Much, much more dangerous than a than a two two three. That, oh, uh, that hell yes. AR-15s. And and by the way, if if you're confused about what a semi-automatic weapon is, semi-automatic automatic weapon, it's not as scary as you think. It all that means is one pull of the trigger means one bullet. It does not mean that you. This is not a Tommy gun. It's not anything like that. It, and ev- just about, you go into any gun store in America, just about everybody who owns a gun, a- except for somebody that that has like an older rifle that, that you know, everything is a semi-automatic. Even yeah. with a, even with an old uh, revolver, those could be considered a semi-automatic because it's, it, it advances the next bullet and, and every time you pull the trigger, you get a bullet. So an AR-15 is really no different just because it looks scary. It, it, it feeds into their narrative and, and they, and they love it. Um, they, they love And you just knew you never let a, uh, uh, who was it that said that? Uh, never let a um, crisis go to waste. Well, I think we talked oh, about yeah. that last week. Yeah. But anyway, um, Corinne Jean-Pierre, our uh, press secretary, had this to say afterwards too, which was kind of weird. People don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. But this is a president who has said many times before he has their backs. He will continue to have their backs uh, and he will continue to fight for them. Heart goes out to the trans community for uh, because a trans person uh, shot. I, I'm not sure I follow the logic. Uh, and nothing was said about, yeah, and there were some people killed. But the trans, com- I don't care. I could give a rat's if you're trans, if you're gay, if you're whatever you want to be. I really don't care. That's right. It's America. You be Don't be, be shoving you. that down my throat. And it and some of this doesn't need to be public. You can go and watch it in a club somewhere. It's It's okay. No big deal. It doesn't need to be have somebody with their junk being flipped around in some kid's face. No, that's part of uh, part of what uh, they were mad about in Nashville when they went and they stormed the Capitol there about, uh, you know, because they just made a law where you can't uh, you can't have trans shows or or drag shows with kids uh, in attendance by the same token. Uh, you, I don't think, and I'm, I'm guessing, I don't think you can take a child to a, a strip show, a regular, where a woman, an, a biological woman takes her clothes off. I mean, wh- why would this be any different? I don't understand. Yeah, I, don't, I don't get what the deal is. You, unless you're uh, accompanied by an adult, you're not supposed to go into an R-rated movie. Oh, that's true um, too. So, you know, I'm just going, what's the deal here? Yeah. Well, so, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Well, we, Man, 
quick. Uh, that did go quick. Oh my gosh! I, I just <laughs> well, anyway, we've got uh, we've got a little story about polar bears coming up. A little lighter story, and then we're going to talk about Michael <laughs> Schellenberger, who is a uh, uh, devoted Democrat that uh, had a lot to say this week uh, in in Congress. So uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. The Stay Off My Lawn Radio Show and Podcast. As refreshing as a glass of prune juice in an Epsom salt bath. The state of senior hunger is a sad one. According to Feeding America, because of this poor economy, seniors are experiencing food insecurity. They lack access to enough food to support a healthy lifestyle. This means seniors are at risk of not getting enough to eat. Many more are making tough choices between the nutrition they need and basic essentials, including prescriptions, paying for medical, rent, and utility bills. Hunger increases the risk of numerous health problems such as asthma, depression, and congestive heart failure. So please, check into your state or local food bank and volunteer to help or donate food today. Help those who are the most vulnerable among us. We're back, segment two, and we're, we're going to lighten the mood a little bit. We just had a <laughs> little bit of uh, darkness on the first segment. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, white things, white things in the in the great in the great North, eh? Uh, yeah, what, what, what you sure got? <laughs> okay. 1973, there were somewhere between six and 8,000 polar bears in the Arctic. Today, there's somewhere between 30,000 and 50,000. And they're all fat and happy. This is the truth. And it's known to be the truth. Coca-Cola never told us that in their ads in which they expropriated and abused the polar bear. They should have told us about it and given us a happy story. Instead, they show a polar bear swimming, saying this polar bear may drown. Do you think a polar bear gets in the water and not knows where it's going? They just swim off into the horizon? No. There's a reason why their nickname is Sea Bear. They are really, really good swimmers. And when they jump in the water to go swimming, they know where they're going. In 1973, there were somewhere between six and eight thousand polar bears. (laughs) It's they they, know where they're going. Yeah. Yeah, they know where they're they don't just swim off into the abyss. Um, (laughs) I don't know, was that you? We were talking about a a, a seagoing uh ice ship in the uh, North Sea that sunk. Did you, was that you I was talking to about that? Uh, the only thing I've, Probably. I've, I've talked to you about the Titanic because we have, a, I have a thing oh. where I, I have a, uh, a role to play in a Titanic uh, murder mystery theater type thing we're doing. Uh, well, I, I don't mean to bring 15th. down the polar bear. This, it's kind of funny, but uh, before I get into that, there, there's a lady in Alaska and she says, we are infested with polar bears here in Alaska. Never had a reason to think they were going extinct. It's all a lie. And that's somebody who lives up there and yeah. sees them all the time. Anyhow, there was this ice-breaking ship, and it um, uh, was going, and I guess as things happen with ships on, on occasion, they had a problem and was sinking. So the people had to get in, a because they're up there, there ain't nobody coming to get you real quick. No, no. So they had to get in this raft thing and they're sitting out there and they could see this. Um, they had, had been in it for quite some time and they looked way off on the horizon. They could see a polar bear. Pretty soon the polar bear was closer Then the polar bear jumped on a, uh, a an iceberg thing, you know, piece of ice, got a little closer, swam down, popped back up and was a little closer. Mm-mm. And then he jumped off of that one, 
And they're going, well, where did he go? And he pops up beside the boat, snags a guy out of the boat, drags him down in the water, goes over onto a piece of ice and proceeds to eat him. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They are carnivorous. And hey, that's food. You're up there where it's all white. Uh, It's not a lot of it. You're not eating seals. You got to eat something. Dinner in the show. Wow. You know, it's it's a polar bear. They're not all nice and wonderful. And it showed a picture on here while he was talking of a polar bear standing on its on its haunches with one paw up, which is this almost the size of my 27 inch monitor. They're huge. (laughs) And like he's waving at you. Hi, I'm just a cute little polar bear who drinks Coca-Cola. I'll give you a high five. You come by, come closer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right between the right side of your head. And it won't be there any longer. But anyway, yeah, no, it's uh, this, this, all this stuff with this climate change. And one guy was saying, you would notice all the changes uh, if you were over 40. Uh, I'm quite a bit over 40 and there's been snow, there's been warm and it's been cold. Like right now, here it is April 4th and it's not supposed to be this cold, but it is. If I was going somewhere this morning, I'd have to scrape some of that global warming off my windshield, as you say. (laughs) That's one of my favorite quotes from you. I love that. Uh, There's only 29 degrees this morning. So creepers, creepers. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The weather changes. The earth changes. It tips. It's been doing it for billions of years for crying out loud. Well, you know, that was always my question. If if the last big thing that we went through or the ice age 12,000 years ago, what caused it to get warmer? Was it because people were driving their Tahoes and their Jeeps too much back then? What, (laughs) what, what's caused, what caused it to come out of the ice age? And, and (laughs) I always get this dumbfounded look when I, when I ask the question, but I think it's legitimate The, the climate changed. Uh, didn't, and obviously we, you know, in, in reality, we had nothing to do with it. It just does stuff. And was it, was it a, a, a meteorite that hit or, or whatever? None of us really, really know. I mean, we asked Nancy Pelosi, she doesn't remember. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so there's just no way to know. <laughs> But things change. I mean, <laughs> don't make me laugh. I'm sorry. Um, have you uh, have you seen the thing with Michael Schellenberger? He was one of the the Twitter files people. Uh, he was testifying in front of com- uh, Congress this week, and um, he's an author, a journalist, a climate activist. He also ran for governor of California in 2018 as a Democrat, and then he ran in 2022 as an independent. Uh, I think he ran. He placed ninth in 2018, and he placed third in 2022. Of course, Gavin Newsom had plenty of. Uh, purchased votes. I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> casted votes. Um, but recently, Elon, Elon Musk asked, asked him and Matt Talibi and others to research uh, Twitter. And the outcome, as we all know, is the Twitter files. And uh, he had to testify before Congress just recently. And uh, and forgive me, this is going to be, this is uh, five minutes long, but it's got tons and tons of good information. So hang in there with us and, uh, and we'll be, <laughs> it just, just, Listen very carefully. Thank you, Chairman Lada, Ranking Member Matsui, and members of the subcommittee for inviting me to testify today. Here are events that actually happened. Twitter suspended a woman for saying, quote, women aren't men. Facebook censored accurate information about COVID vaccine side effects. Twitter censored a Harvard professor of epidemiology for expressing his opinion that children did not need the COVID vaccine. Facebook censored speculation that the coronavirus came from a lab. Facebook censored a journalist for saying accurately that natural disasters were getting better, not worse. 
Twitter permanently suspended a sitting president of the United States, even though Twitter censors themselves had decided he had not violated its terms of service. Now, maybe that kind of censorship doesn't bother you because people were doing their best to prevent real world harm with the knowledge they had at the time. But what if the shoe were on the other foot? Consider how you would feel if the following occurred. Twitter suspended a woman for saying trans women are women. Facebook censored accurate information about COVID vaccine benefits. Twitter censored a Harvard professor for saying children needed to be COVID vaxxed annually. Facebook censored speculation that the coronavirus came from nature. Facebook censored a member of Congress for saying the world is going to end in 12 years because of climate change. Twitter permanently suspended President Biden, even though, according to Twitter's top censor, he had not violated its terms of service. Now, it's true that private media companies are allowed by law to censor whoever they want, and it would violate the First Amendment of the United States for the government to try to prevent them from doing so. But internet platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Google, only exist thanks to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which exempts them from legal liabilities that burden traditional media companies. If Congress simply eliminated Section 230, internet search and social media platforms would no longer exist. And maybe that's what Congress should do. These platforms are obviously far too powerful. They are making the American people, all of us, dogmatic and intolerant. And the evidence is now overwhelming that they have, a, that they have played a primary cause, if not the primary cause, in America's worsening mental health crisis. We might be a healthier nation if we simply reverted to the good old days of websites that have the same liability as newspapers. But doing so would reduce rather than increase freedom of speech and may not be necessary to protect American citizens. As such, I would propose an immediate and partial remedy, which would also allow us to understand what else, if anything, is needed to protect the free speech of citizens. And that would be true transparency. By transparency, I do not mean that which is being proposed by a Senate transparency bill, which would only allow National Science Foundation certified researchers across, allow, allow uh, NSF certified researchers access to content moderation decisions. That bill would increase the power of the censorship industrial complex, which is actively undermining our free speech. Rather, I mean immediate public transparency into all content moderation decisions relating to matters of social and political importance. We do not need to know how the platforms, for example, are removing pornography or criminal activities. Those things should be cracked down upon immediately. But when Twitter, Facebook, and Google censor people for expressing disfavored views on transgenderism, climate change, energy, vaccines, and other plainly social and political issues, they must immediately announce those content moderation decisions publicly and give the censored individuals the right to respond. And to protect free speech from government, Congress could require government contractors and government employees to immediately report any content-related communications they make to internet platforms. What I'm proposing is rather simple. If the White House is going to demand that Facebook censor accurate information about COVID vaccine side effects, which it did do, then it would need to immediately send an email to be posted on a website, to be tweeted out, to be put on Facebook, that that's what they did. And if 
Facebook is going to take down accurate information about side effects of COVID vaccines, it should be required to explain that it did that. If it's going to censor Dr. Bhattacharya or Mr. Dillon, then it should be required to explain why it did and how it did that. And it should be required to give them a chance to respond. Such a solution would not eliminate unfair censorship and content moderation, since those things are always subjective, but it would bring it out into the open. It would restore the right of free citizens to have voice, and it would open the possibility for better, freer content moderation in the future. Thank you very much. You know, I think it's it's just amazing that up until 2020, this guy was a, a, a Democrat, a liberal, and he's and and he really believes in climate change. He's a he's a climate activist. He really probably believed uh, very strongly in the in the vaccines and that things ought to be. Uh, but he, when he was exposed, and because he's got an open mind, when he was exposed to all the truths and and everything that was. Um, that was being done with Twitter by the FBI and the federal government and places like Facebook, he's kind of stepped back and said, this, this is crap. So I don't know. I, I think, I think it's, it's remarkable that he just had that kind of attitude. Yeah, it's, now. Uh, you, you, we're, we're starting to hear um, more and more of, and people that used to be staunch Democrats have gone, I, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this party, but this is not the party I used to belong to. Yeah. And they're seeing all the fraud and the uh, anti, the lawlessness that's going on within the party. And they're going, yeah, no, they're not doing it no more. We used to be able to have a conversation with the, with somebody who that you didn't agree politically with. You'd be, be able to go, well, you know, when you have this and you have that and you can, you can talk about, you know, we all agreed on what the problems were. It was, it was how we solved those problems. And a lot of times Democrats thought, well, you know, we need a program. We need to throw money at it. And, and the Republicans normally had uh, just a different viewpoint and you could talk about it. Now it's like yeah. you bring up something and they're screaming at you. They're calling wow. you a racist, a misogynist or whatever. And it's just... Uh, uh, a gentleman that I'm in the uh, this show that we're taking to all the senior centers right now. Uh, it was funny. We were loading the car the other day and he goes, you know, he said, I really like you despite you being a Republican. He said, <laughs> I said, you know, I like you too, Dave. You're a, uh, despite being a Democrat, I don't care. I think you're lovable anyhow. <laughs> and you know, it's one of those things where, yeah. That's the way it used to be. It was right. no big deal. I understand you're on this side. You pretty much know I'm on this side. I don't talk about it a lot. It do, it doesn't bother me. Right. I don't right. care. I, it's not part of my everyday conversation either. But, you know, I, I think that for you to be able to, for someone to be able to say that they're sticking to their 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 party and everything, <laughs> given all the, excuse me, given all the uh, all the things that we see nowadays and how uh, how they're acting and how they're mandating things. Um, I mean, that that takes a level of, uh, of commitment that I just don't have. The, if the Republican Party started doing that kind of crap, I'd, I'd have to go somewhere else. But uh, um, Michael Schellenberger was actually on Rogan and he was, you know, being on Rogan, you're freed up to kind of say a little bit more. Um, so this is only a little over a minute long. So th this is pretty interesting too. Hang on. First of all, what was it like uh, to get a hold of the Twitter files? I think the big theme was we start by seeing a real, you know, it's super progressive. It's like 99% of campaign contributions from Twitter staff are going to Democrats. You know, the head of safety at, at Twitter, this guy named Yoel Roth, who, you know, said, you know, said there's actual Nazis in the White House when Trump came in. He's very progressive. 
But over time, we just kept finding like this weird, like FBI wants us to do this. You know, there's these other government agencies. Oh, you know, this, uh, all these people used to work at the FBI. Uh, CIA shows up, Department of Homeland Security. And we're kind of like, what the hell is going on? And the story quickly shifted from us sort of, and I think what Elon thought, which was that it was just very progressive people being biased in their content moderation and their censoring to there is a huge operation by U.S. government officials, U.S. government contractors, and all of these super sketchy NGOs getting money from who knows where, basically demanding that Twitter start censoring people. And at that moment, the story shifted for all of us. And that was, I think, where Taibi became particularly important and sort of the lead because he had had so much experience on, on sort of looking at how the U.S. government during the war on terror had waged disinformation campaigns, propaganda campaigns. And it became clear to us, you know, over time that the U.S. government had turned its propaganda and disinformation campaigns that it had been waging abroad, it turned them against the American people. And that was where you just sort of get chills up your spine and you were like, this something seriously sinister is going on. You know, how, how can anybody be for it, being an American as long as we've been on, uh, uh, <laughs> been an American for a few years now? I mean, <laughs> how, how in the world do you think that that any kind of uh, uh, restriction on free speech is a good thing? If somebody wants to espouse that we've never been to the moon or we've never, I've, I've had people tell me that. Uh, we've, you know, maybe not the flat earth thing or, but been, you know, the, whether there's a thing with JFK. I mean, of course, some of that turned out to be true. Um, so, I mean, if, if somebody wants to say that they don't believe this, this, and this actually happened, they think it was some kind of uh, ruse, talk about Area 51, I mean, let them. I mean, if, if somebody's opinion cannot harm another person, I don't get it. I've never gotten that. It, it's, it's like you're, that's, that's what freedom of speech is, is you get to have your opinion, whether someone else agrees with it or even uh, thinks you're crazy. Whatever the case might be, it's it's okay. That's why we have two parties and should probably have more. I think there's more people turning to the Libertarian Party. Yeah. Because uh, there is more freedom they there. Don't, yeah. yeah, they don't like necessarily uh, what all the rhinos, as it were. Uh, there was a lot of them voted out in the last election in the House. I hope it if happens. you were a rhino, they got rid of about eight or ten of them went I they hope, were gone. I hope it continues to happen as as the Senate, at least in the Senate, for sure. So, yeah, the Senate needs to have it happen. Yeah. It's uh, uh, it's one of those things where uh, it needs to come up. That is for sure because well, uh, uh, the some of the shenanigans they pulled uh, to. Uh, I I saw a deal of um, uh, what's his name from Pennsylvania, Fetterman. It's, yeah, Fetterman was, you know, he's been in the hospital with depression and mm -hmm. they're saying and whatever else. And his wife left the country with the kids. It's like, what the hell is going on? Well, I just saw a picture of him, somebody that they're trying to tout as Fetterman. I hey, saw that. Fetterman. Yeah. I don't care what you say. That ain't him. That, that's so kind of hard to replicate what he looks like anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
all this time in a hospital and he's putting out all these legislation things. And it's like, what? Oh dear. Shame on me. I've been trying to look for other stuff and we need to go away. Yeah. We need <laughs> way past. We're up against the break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to just shift gears again. Um, and, and we'll tell you more about it. It's a little bit about Rand Paul, a little bit about Mein Kampf, which is my struggle if, uh, for you non-Germans. Uh, <laughs> hang in there. We'll be right back. <laughs> It's all about common sense and fun. We'll be right back. Join the pink frilly tutus. Join the walkers, the joggers, the runners. Join the people remembering friends, family, loved ones. Join the kids, the mothers, the grannies. Join those who are living with cancer. Join those who have beaten it. Join the most fantastic day. Join the 5 and 10k events making a difference in the fight to beat cancer. Join the girls this summer at Tesco and Cancer Research UK's Race for Life. Join now. Find an event near you at raceforlife.org. All right, we're back, segment three. And uh, goodness gracious, we are already on segment three. I can't believe it. Hey, uh, you've got a quote from uh, Winston, Winston Churchill, don't you? And, uh, since since my voice is this way today, let's give it a whirl, shall let's we? Do it. Winston Churchill. Socialism is a philosophy of failure, the creed of ignorance, and the gospel of envy. Its inherent virtue is the equal sharing of misery. <laughs> Sir Winston Churchill said that. How was that? Was that close yeah, enough? To that, 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 that sounded pretty good to me. You know, if, they, <laughs> if there was a, a World War II leader that I that I, could, I would buy the T-shirt and and uh, actually get behind, it's Winston Churchill. I mean, yep. Especially compared to Chamberlain, the guy had the guy had it going on. He understood so much better than than Chamberlain. Oh. I'm glad that that happened because yeah. we, you know, we we might be speaking German if it wasn't for that. I mean, America took charge and everything, but still, uh, without, without the, uh, the, the strong ally that we had in the UK back then with, with, yeah. with Churchill, then it wouldn't have turned out the way it did. Yes, um, it was, uh, he, he did like his alcohol and one of my other favorite <laughs> things you may have heard or not. Him and Lady Astor did not get along. They didn't <laughs> like each other. And she comes up to him and was seeing that he'd had plenty at some point. Uh, political function, whatever. And she she's telling him, she goes, Winston, you are drunk. He says, Madam, you are correct. And you are ugly. But tomorrow I shall be sober. <laughs> now, I don't know whether it was her or somebody that said something about, uh, if you were my husband, I'd, I'd give you, a, I'd poison your drink. He goes, if I was your husband, or, if, yeah, if I was your husband, I'd drink it. <laughs> I drink it, yeah. Yeah, him and Lady Astor did not like each other yeah, at all. Very good. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty good with it. But how, what a nice little slap to the face. And I'm going to be sober. However, he was, you are still going to be ugly. He was very quick on his feet. And, you know, he yes. was he was a little Trump-like in, in that aspect. He didn't care who he yeah. offended. He didn't care what, you know, he just, he had things to say. And uh, this. What you saw was what you got. Exactly. I think that's what I liked so much about him. But his commitment to uh, to defeating the Germans and everything was was it was second to none. Well, I mean, they had they had a lot at stake. They had a lot more at stake than we did. Um, yep. But anyway, Joseph Goebbels, the infamous uh, German party, certain German party propagandist. 
<laughs> well, there you go. There That's we go. We're going to get. <laughs> uh, has been quoted as saying that if you tell a lie big enough and then keep repeating it, people will eventually believe it. The lie can be yep. maintained only for such a time as the state shield, uh, as the state can shield people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of that lie. Thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to re- repress dissent for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. And thus by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. And this is otherwise known as the big lie, uh, originally described in uh, another famous German party person's book, Mein Kampf. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting better at this. <laughs> no, there you go. I like it so we can have a 12th episode. That's yeah, <laughs> that's all we want. That's all we want. We just want to stay on the air. Uh, yeah, no, and yeah, we we made it through that with no uh, no edits. So <laughs> enjoy. Um, <laughs> So yay us. Rand Paul uh, recently yes. was asking. Well, you know, I didn't ever understand when I was in school and learning about all this, and then uh, they're talking about the Nuremberg trials, and why did they bring all of the you know the news media people were uh, convicted in the Nuremberg trials because they were complicit and they kept pushing all these big lies and telling them and. They were the propaganda machine that was doing this. They were um, done in along with other members of the party because of what uh, they did to uh, perpetuate the uh, political views of the time in that country. (laughs) You're doing good. I like it. (laughs) I'm I'm watching your brain spin. Uh, What's the word? (laughs) It's like I'm you dance off the <laughs> he's a heck of a dancer. He did, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, no, I can go this way. But yeah, I never understood in school. That's like, what? Why would that I understand it now? I was gonna say, why does that sound familiar? We're having to go through. Exactly. Yes, exactly what we're going through because uh now uh, what's the latest thing that was, uh, oh, down in Florida with all this stuff, the uh, news media has gotten behind Disney and now they've taken Disney's side on all this BS that they keep saying. And it's it's all just a flipping lie. And so now they're playing games and they get the news media behind them to push their propaganda. And it's it's just ugly. I am so sick and tired. Who the hell is watching the regular news anymore? I, you know, I that's, mean, it that's is, a very it good is so small. Their percentage of viewers is just dropping off the map. You know, with with Disney too, especially. You know, they're. Uh, I, I read somewhere the other day that they lost twenty billion dollars in. I don't know. It's the last year, last yeah. two years. Um, but they're uh, they, they're going to lay off. I think ten thousand people. Um, you know, here pretty quickly, or if they haven't even started yet, but, um, how in the world, because when, when you were saying that about the local media down in Florida, how in the world, uh, I mean, when somebody has got deep pockets like Disney, they can, they can pay certain media outlets to say whatever they want to say. And, and I think that we've seen that quite often. That's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know. Speaking of the big lie, though, Rand, uh, Senator Rand Paul was recently asking questions of a Moderna <laughs> rep. <laughs> and this, I saw a little bit of this. This one I have seen a little. And, and this poor little man. I mean, goodness gracious. <laughs> Here, here's part of it. 
Is there a higher interest or a higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine? The data have shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less myocarditis for people who get the vaccine versus who get COVID infection. You're, you're saying that for ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week and he readily acknowledged in private that yes, there is increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Again, (laughs) <laughs> you you perpetuate a lie long enough, even you'll start believing. I think there is, there is some uh, some truth oh, to no, that. No, I yeah, that's uh, and and he was talking like he full fully believed that, and that's it's it's just a crock. Yeah. It's like we've never had so many young people. <clears throat> if you want something, you look at um, uh, uh, and I'd have to look up the actual numbers, but worldwide uh, athletes, i.e., most of them were um, that this article I remembered reading here a while back. Uh, was soccer mm-hmm. and they might had in the previous 20 years had something like 10 or 11 deaths. And uh, since the pandemic and the vaccine started, it's uh, pushing a thousand. Oh my gosh. They're just out on the field. Just like that gentleman, uh, that, that young man who uh, got up from a, not a violent tackle and just boom, yep. went down that's what's happening to them on the soccer field where they're just going down. And these are some of the youngest, healthiest, most in shape individuals. And yeah, but there's nothing to see here. No, no, the, the, like you said, the local media, the, the, the mainstream media is not going to report on this. They're not going to say there, there, there might be something going on here. They don't, you know, they just don't, uh, I don't know. It's so frustrating to watch. It just is. Um, but, um, anyway, I know you're you're busy. You're typing up something. <laughs> no, I was uh, trying to. I forgot to turn the sound off on my oh, phone. Oh, I got you. Um, uh, John and John Stossel's got a deal on the on the COVID stuff, but uh, uh, was watching a rather large conference in our uh, business, and folks were talking about it uh, being there, and several of them came back with COVID. Oh, Ooh. it's just a super spreader event. And somebody said, well, people weren't wearing masks and Ugh. the masks don't do any good anyway. They're still pushing that. But the problem is you all got jabbed. So now you're super spreaders. I'm sorry. That's what happens. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, and it still bothers me that the ignorance, and I guess that's that's what bothers me about it, is that people are still out there double. I saw a family the other day. Uh, it was about two weeks ago now. We were at a store down in Kennesaw, which is a much denser population than where we live. But the whole family, the mother, son, and uh, and father, uh, the son was about 12 years old. But they were all double-masked walking around a store. And they all just kind of like and, – and all you can really see is their eyes because everything's really kind of covered up. And it's sort of like – yeah. It, it, it's just kind of sad that they brought their kid in and that, you know, they're, they're, they're not only are they brainwashed now they're, they're perpetuating that down the next generation. And I don't know. I, well, it's uh, yeah, they're brainwashed from, as we've been talking about the propaganda machine keeps pushing yeah. stuff that is known lies that there is stats and you can find it. If you want to go look for it, it's out there, yeah, yeah. but it's like, well, 
the newspaper told me that this is what it is. So, okay. It takes no. work. It takes work and it takes, you know, your, you to put your brain gray matter into, into gear. Uh, and, and people don't want to do that. Goodness gracious. Yeah, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but <laughs> something seems wrong. <laughs> hey, I learned something this week about uh, the, the the hit Africa by Toto. Uh, it was actually number one on the charts 45, is that 40, 40 years ago this past February. It replaced, now get this, it replaced Men at Work's Ode to Australia, which is Down Under, uh, their Down Under song. And then uh, it was the only time in pop history two continents slugged it out for number one, which would be Australia and uh, Africa. And this right, uh, this is right after the band Asia had their best-selling album in 1982. So we were very continental. But I learned something about Africa. Um, it was very disturbing to me. I, I feel like my whole childhood has been a lie. That wasn't a child. I was 19 when this happened. Um, but the popular lyric from Toto's 1982 song, Africa, it said, uh, it, it has single-handedly led many people to believe that Mount Kilimanjaro, the tallest mountain in Africa, can be seen from the Serengeti National Park. However, those beautiful photos that we, we've all seen of uh, of uh, Kilimanjaro, I think that it's it absolutely beautiful. I can't, I, oh, it I, it's gorgeous. Um it shows wildlife and the mountain in the background. They're actually taken from Ambalozi uh, National Park in Kenya, not the Serengeti. Ambalozi is only about 30 miles away from the park. The Serengeti, on the other hand, is much further. It's 200 miles away. I I, I didn't sleep that whole day after I read this. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see that from 200 miles away, you have good eyes or a very good vantage point. I, 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 yeah, I was going to say, I think the, I think the horizon kind of takes care of a lot of that. So. <laughs> but, you know, you flat earthers, um, I mean. Not a flat, yeah. <laughs> You beat me to it. Oh, That's I'm just sorry. what I was going to say. <laughs> wow, we're just way too copacetic. We, yeah, no, it's not a flat earth, and that curvature has a tendency for things that far to be. I know. I not know. seen. I remember as a kid looking on the beach, we we would travel over to uh, Daytona and in and, and that area some, once in a while, and it's like I'd look and I'd say, why can't we see England from here? <laughs> I just remember my mom looking at me and says, you ain't going to college. I don't have to worry about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry, Mom. Well, just, she was right. I didn't be, go to college. so <laughs> Just be proud if you can make it through high school. That's all you got to do. Let's just hope he doesn't <laughs> stick a fork in an outlet and kill it, uh, it you know, between now and then. Oh, my goodness gracious. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, it's a very, very much a lie. That song was uh, led a lot of people down the wrong path. <laughs> so... I just wanted to You're share just that. You traumatized and wanted to share your trauma with I did. everybody else. Did I, did. I, I, <laughs> I did. I did. I did. You know, if I if I took Xanax, I probably would have taken one. Um, but <laughs> it's just terrible, terrible. Anyway, we're up against a break. When we come back, let's see. What are we going to talk about when we come back? Uh, oh, we're going to talk a little bit about Biden's budget uh, and and a little bit of a uh, an exchange that happened on the Senate floor and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the border which uh, we haven't done too much. And we have a palate cleanser. So uh, hang in there. We'll be right back. If you're in our demographic, it might be a good time to go and pee. We'll be right back in just a minute. It's tough to quit smoking. Just ask any of the 50 million Americans who continue to puff away, even though they know the toll it takes on their health and longevity. When it comes to breaking this lethal habit, the most effective tool is willpower. The American Cancer Society now offers a free video for those smokers who feel they can't quit alone. Call the American Cancer Society today 
at 1-800-575-2424. That's 1-800-575-2424. All right, we're back. Segment four. And uh, if you made it this far, thank you and congratulations. You you have made it to the uh, the last segment of the day, of the week. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm almost done with you. Yay! Yeah. Or I mean, yeah, we're we're almost. Finished. <laughs> you know, if I had feelings, that would probably would hurt them. Um, <laughs> well, neither one of us do. That's why we've yeah. both been married a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've been beaten numb, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, oh, and, uh, thank God they don't listen. <laughs> all three of our listeners are probably just laughing right now, though. Uh, they're, they're, they're probably our age, too, and they're numb. Um, Wouldn't that be a trifecta of laughter, then? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Uh, you know, if you, if you thought the numbers on uh, Biden's outrageous spending on the budget he recently proposed is a conspiracy theory, uh, which, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people like to throw conspiracy theory around, which is, uh, you know, eh, everything's a conspiracy theory. Ah, you're racist. Ah, you're misogynist. Ah, you're, you're transphobe, whatever. The whole thing, which is fine. You know, call me whatever you like. But this is not a conspiracy theory for sure, because uh, Senator Kennedy, I love you, Senator Kennedy. You, you're just, you don't care about... <laughs> You don't care what anybody thinks. I love that about you. He's from Louisiana, and he really got to the bottom of this whole subject with Treasury Secretary, Secretary Janet Yellen. Here it is. U.S. population has increased 1.8%, and the federal government's budget is up 55%. Isn't that a fact? Well, we had a pandemic. Isn't that a fact, though? <laughs> Are my numbers I'm not, right? I, I don't know those numbers. You don't know? You never uh, looked at that? I, I don't have those numbers in my head. I, I'm not disputing them. Okay. Um, isn't it a fact that the president's proposed budget proposes $4.7 trillion in new taxes? It does It does propose significant additional taxes, yes. $4.7 trillion? Something like that, yes. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, Wait a minute. It's like, well, there was a pandemic. Let's see. Carry the one divided by two minus the coefficient of error plus the. Yeah, no, that's way too much. You shouldn't be increasing 50%, 50 whatever it was, uh, when the population's only got up less than 2%. I need to look up, yeah, what our GDP is, but $4.7 trillion in, uh, I think our GDP is only six, if I'm, if I'm, Remembering yeah. correctly, uh, so four point seven trillion in new taxes. This is not. Uh, this is in addition to what we already pay. Uh, now they're going to say, "Well, we're only going after the rich people," which is fine, and and that's that ends up never being. I get being tired true. of hearing that. Yeah. It's the 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 wealthy in this country currently pay eighty percent of mm -hmm. the taxes. They keep saying, "Oh, they don't pay anything. Just charge them big businesses." Well, then you know who pays the taxes? All of us little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because the business can't just eat taxes. They think they should eat them. Why? And then go out of business. That's part of a production. Yeah. That, yeah. That's part of your expenditures. And I'm so fed up with the, oh, just hit big business. Just like uh, uh, Bernie keeps pushing. It's like, shut up. 
that's because he's never really been in the seemingly in the in the private sector and doesn't even understand how a business is run. You 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 tax McDonald's an extra million or ten million dollars a year. Guess what? Your burger's going up fifty cents. <laughs> They're gonna get it from somewhere. They're not just gonna go. Well, I bet I better just go in my savings account and pay this tax. No, they're gonna charge yeah. us little guys, and it just yeah. how how is that so such a difficult concept? I I don't understand it. Well, the other thing they don't understand is when you raise minimum wages, and yes, I understand wages are going to go up if you're having trouble trying to find people who actually are going back to work and doing stuff, but you've raised them so high that, uh, and I know for a fact of, they just are on their husband's income because they went, wait a minute, if I'm uh, with the increase in the childcare they were going to have to pay. It was going to be somewhere, each of them was right around, say, 200 bucks a month in their budget. I'm going to work full-time, 40 hours a week for $200 a month, take home. And they just went, no. And some of them have pulled kids out of school, which is happening all across the country. We've talked about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, you you can't afford, better off stay home and raise your own kids. I, I know that it happens. Exactly. You put your kids in the hands of somebody else. You don't know what they're actually teaching them or how they're treating them when you're not there. You just. Not anymore. You don't. Yeah. You really don't. You really don't. And, we, you know, we haven't talked much about the border uh, since the beginning of this podcast. And last week, there was an interesting ex- exchange between uh, Senator Josh Hawley, which has voiceover people. I love his voice. Gosh, man, if, if I could have a, somebody's voice, I would have Josh Hawley's. Him or Mike Rowe. I mean, they both have that that deep they're deep, you know. It just it just happens so naturally for him. Um, but anyway, he was talking to Senator to um, uh, Secretary Mayorkas, and uh, something we may not have heard about if we weren't for hearings like this. And uh, uh, well, I'll just let you be the judge. Hang on. Let's talk about what you're doing though. In January of this year, you rolled out a new phone app called CBP One, an app for a cell phone. I've got a picture of it behind me here. This phone app allows, and I'm going to quote from your own fact sheet, it allows, and I quote, non-citizens without appropriate documents for admission to schedule an appointment to come to the border. They can now go on their phone and schedule a time to come to the border and then be admitted. And you identified seven separate border points of entry where they could come, five of them in Texas, two of them in California, one in Arizona. It's like a concierge service for illegal immigrants. My question is, you didn't think the border crisis was bad enough that now we're going to have an app that allows illegals to schedule their appointments and come and be admitted to this country? Uh, Senator, you're mischaracterizing the use of the application. Now, let's talk about what actually happens when they come to the border. It's interesting. You characterized this when you rolled it out as an application for applying for asylum. But- Nowhere on the app do you actually require the illegal migrants to apply for asylum or to claim asylum or anything about asylum. And in fact, when they then get to the border, you don't ask them questions. You don't do interviews. You just release them. Here's the Texas Monthly, not a notable conservative outlet, who reports, and I quote, at no point does the app ask users, are you seeking asylum? Those arriving for the CBP-1 appointments are given no interviews, asked no questions about vulnerabilities that they may or may not have listed in the app or about why they're coming to the United States. They're simply released into the country 
end quote. So rather than building a wall, Mr. Secretary, you have built Ticketmaster for illegal immigrants. You are, um, <laughs> Senator, you are conflating programs. Let me, let me explain well, just, to just you. Just respond to this. Is it true that they are given no interviews, asked no questions, and simply released into the country? Let me explain to you what we announced on January 5th. No, no I want you to explain but, to me what's happening. I, I know what you oh, announced. So, I read it to you. So I, so I will explain to you what is happening. Are they given because, interviews? Let's start with that. Are they given interviews? We were previously experiencing that's, almost, that's starting almost, to sound like a no. Well, let's just 90, let's just hone in here, Mr. Almost, Secretary. My time is is very limited. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to drive to some clarity here. Senator, Are they, the Texas Monthly has reported that once illegal immigrants go on their phone and reserve their time to come to the border, once they use your concierge service that you've created for them, when they come, they are given no interviews. They are asked no questions about any vulnerabilities. They are simply released into the country. <laughs> he doesn't want to answer it. <laughs> no, he's, well, he's incompetent, just like everybody else that <clears throat> is a secretary in this cabinet. Yeah. It's it's the biggest conglomerate of incompetence I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, the last time I saw this many incompetent people in a in a uh, cabinet was when Carter was president, because <laughs> he had a bunch of at least they were nice people, a bunch of good old boys, and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They were put in positions where. Oh, yeah, that was, and that's that was, what this clown is. That was repaying has, favors as a lot of those things are. And I think that's yeah. what we're seeing today. Well, and, and, and he doesn't have a clue in hell what's going on down at the border. He's not going to put the, the wall up because it's too permanent or some such crap. I forgot what he said. But uh, and I ran across a deal that happened on uh, April 2nd, just a couple of days ago. Um, and there's no audio with it, but it's a. a footage of a texas national guard soldier and he's seen rushing in to assist there's this kid on a floating raft and he doesn't look like he's much more than maybe nine eight nine years old going down the rio grande all by himself he probably didn't make it across and somebody let him go and they went eh, well you know they're just expendable well we don't need him anymore anyway and down the river, yeah. and they keep saying, oh, how horrible our uh, folks are that are uh, down there trying to take care of this. Well, yeah, you want to talk about being overwhelmed? Uh, the um, There were 400,000 recorded migrant encounters in fiscal year 2020. That's still a bunch. That's damn near half a million. Oh, yeah. Yeah. However, in fiscal year 21, hmm, what changed? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> the number shot up to 1.6 million. That's in 2021. In 2022, oh, we're not done with the increase. Up to 2.2 million illegals dumping into our country, and a lot of them are not good people. And they're not just all Hispanics from down the no. peninsula going down through the Central America and all of they're that. They're from Yemen. And they're then, from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, I mean, they're uh, Chinese nationalists. Well, they don't speak Chinese on the border and there's getting to be a pot load of those coming across yeah. Yeah. and they, there's a language barrier. They got to find somebody that can speak Chinese because it's getting to be extremely prevalent for that to be happening. There's only about a thousand then, different dialects in China too. So, I mean, if yeah, you don't hit the right uh, yeah, one. Which is not going to make it easy. And then yeah. you have the border patrol chief after all this talk with Mallorca saying, Oh no, we have a handle on stuff. Well, the border patrol chief, uh, with, uh, Raul Ortiz, he told the House Homeland Security Committee 
commit committee committee <laughs> last month that his that sounds agency like it's contagious. Go ahead. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is, I guess, <laughs> to a degree. It's a kind of a bad problem. Yeah. <laughs> but he told the uh, the Homeland Security Committee last month that his agency does not have operational control of the border, which. Days earlier, Mayorka said, oh, no, we got a handle on it. We have yeah. control. He goes, no, we don't. We haven't got a clue. And we, they're, they're coming fast. It's like we're being invaded and there's no army down there to stop them. There's nothing you can do about it. No, no, they don't. It, it, it just doesn't matter. They don't. Uh, and, and I'm not exactly sure what their end game is. Maybe they're going to allow, allow everybody that comes in illegally to, to vote and everything. And look, Richard and I, neither one of us are against immigration. Obviously, we've all no. we've all been immigrants at one point. Uh, and and I, I, I know people from uh, Venezuela. I know people from from Mexico. I'm very good friends of mine. I've got no problem with that. Uh, and, and I even know a couple of people that came over illegally. You know what? I mean, that kind of thing has always happened. But for it to be in the volume that it's happening right now, I think that's where where our issue is right now. Is that you know the, the gate is swung wide open, and it's like and and no, nobody in federal government seems to give a rip. We do have laws that say this is how you should immigrate and immigrate into this country. Yeah. And there are people, some of them are having to wait several years to come across or to come into this country legally. Um, I'm like you. I know folks that have not, uh, they came over uh, the border and were working. And I know one gentleman worked his tail off and uh, I was training him on the truck and he was asking me questions about America. They have to know more about American history than they're teaching our kids because oh, there sure. is no civics anymore. Sure. And he's asking me questions and I'm answering him. And he goes, you know more than anybody I've ever asked any of these questions to. <laughs> well, I kind of like American history exactly. and I understand civics and I was taught that in school and I remember most of it. Right, right. Yeah, you see a lot of these I, interviews with these young people, they don't even know who the vice president is or they don't they don't know who anybody is. They don't, they don't know... Remember the one is like they said something about they were obviously it was just uh, uh, they've thrown out the question to see what they would get. And they said, have you heard about President Kennedy dying this week? You know, <laughs> he says, oh, oh yeah, yeah I saw that. Where, how'd you find out about it? Well, I woke up this morning and I looked at my phone and there it was. It's like, well, are you going to watch the the, uh, the uh, services on TV? Well, well yeah, of course. <laughs> he was a great president. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh people it's just it's just really sad oh, you got to do it yeah the 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 history of stuff and and what our constitution is is buy a book it's not that hard there's lots of them out there and you can read all about it instead of just yeah instead of just bluffing your way through life thinking that you know everything about it why not just read about it i mean we've, we've got more information at our, at our fingertips than ever in previous history so um, we didn't do a palate cleanser did we? no today? we didn't we didn't i can oh, i can shame on us i can rip through one but, oh, good. You got some? Oh, I, I good. Do, I do I've, have one. I've yeah. been looking up other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Our palate cleanser this week is a 17-year-old girl. If, you, if you've got any kind of uh, uh, worry for our next generation, this, was, this is a little bit uh, reassuring. The 17-year-old won a $150,000 uh, science talent search scholarship. Uh, because she found a way to diagnose pediatric heart disease. The, uh, this is the oldest and most prestigious uh, young adult science competition in the nation. 17-year-old Ellen Zhu uh, 
used a kind of AI to design the first diagnosis, diagnostic test for rare disease that struck her sister many years ago. So she's got skin in this game. Uh, Kawasaki disease has no existing test method and relies on a physician's years of experience to, uh, to figure it out. And of course, you know, there's some luck involved in there too. Shu decided that to see if there was a way to design a diagnostic test using deep learning for her Regeneron science talent search medicine and health project. Uh, she, uh, she designed what is known as the convolutional neural network, which is a form of deep learning algorithm that mimics how your eyes work. And long story short, they uh, they figured out that if you study the eyes, which is where a lot of this uh, this disease, you can figure it out. They took uh, they took studies from people with normal eyes and then people who had the disease, and they they narrowed it down to where this machine that she uh, came up with demonstrated an eighty five percent specificity in identifying between Kawasaki and non-Kawasaki symptoms in children with just a smartphone image. Uh, wow. it, it, she's she's fantastically smart, and I'm, I'm very proud of her. I have no idea. Uh, and she's from San Diego. I've never met her, but man, it, it just it, it makes my heart glad that there are young people out there actually using their brains and not just search, surfing TikTok and uh, and looking at stupid videos. So um, this this should be this should be uh, reassuring to a lot of us that there are still wow, some good, good for her. Yeah. So uh, that kind of gets back to the eyes or the window of the soul. I guess so. Yeah, that's very good. You know? Yeah. How was that? Did I did I make it circle around? You, you did. You did. Very <laughs> very circly. <laughs> uh, I you know I've seen a few things like that where there's they don't talk about it. Uh, all you hear is um, of the issues that are going on with six percent of the male population of a particular ethnicity causing 56 percent of the crimes in this country, yeah. but you can't say anything about it. So something like this is so nice to see that there's somebody out there doing something good that will help others and they're good people. That's just awesome to and, see. And taking a tragedy which affected her younger sister uh, and, and and turning it into something that she put her mind to and said that we're going to figure this out. And being 17 years old and being that smart and, and that has that much ingenuity, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very reassured. So. I, I knew how to run a haystacker at 17. Does that count? <laughs> I could bust a table in about 14 seconds. Um, but <laughs> that was, yeah, I don't think either one of us were in her category. No, there. no. <laughs> that was about the, the length of my uh, expertise in anything. Um, <laughs> so anyway, thank you for tuning in this week. We are so glad you did. And uh, tune in next week. Um, but uh, until then, please go to uh, iTunes and leave us a five-star review. And uh, you can mention Richard's mustache or how young we look either one it'll uh, it'll it'll all get you a shout out here on the show you can go to stayoffmylawn.us to catch up on old shows or you can go to Google Spotify iHeart uh, all the major platforms and you can uh, you can listen there so thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you next week doodles well, we had fun and hope you did too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just stay off my lawn. See you next time.